Your Steve Jones Show podcast will start shortly. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Brewers Outlet, your beverage supermarket on Reagan Street in Sunbury. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Welcome back to today's show, brought to you by our good friends at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket, imports, domestics, microbrews, best selection of beer anywhere, wine coolers, water soft drink snacks, they roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day, and the pickle bar, led by the barrels and the dills, indeed, second to none, all at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. Penn State strength and conditioning coach, Dwight Galt in a few moments on how winter workouts have gone. Spring break begins in about mm, an hour here at Penn State. And the players will be off during that time. Before we get to Deej, let's hear our play-by-play call of the day. Tottenham and Norwich. Yes, a little soccer over uh, over the pond. Tottenham gets the goal. Good position here for Lo Celso. Krul taken out of the game. And Batongit with a powerful header. Well, Spurs have the lead. It's Jan Batongan with his second goal of the season. Good football. So there you go. There's our play-by-play call today. A little soccer today. A little British football. All right. Let's get to... Dwight Galt now, and get his thoughts on how winter conditioning has gone for Penn State. 15 of them so far. Uh, The 15th one was yesterday, and Dwight Galt talked about where they are right now. Appreciate you guys coming out. Um, Just a little extra kind of where we are. We're in the middle of week eight right now, and... um, Today, like I was telling him after today, is our 22nd lift. So uh, our last one is Friday. That'll be our 23rd. We've had seven winter workouts and six speed workouts. So we've had 13 winter workouts along with that. We've got one more that's tomorrow morning at 6.30. So almost 40 total. The guys were phenomenal. Um, we've stayed, as you guys know, about our tiers. We're here with our three tiers. I think they're more pronounced and different this year than they have been in the past. Really, really liked the program that we did. Um, Got to give a shout out to my guys, my, my staff. Really did a great job with the programming. I mean, we give these guys kind of where they are, where they're young and need a lot of volume, a lot of strength in the middle. They're just kind of getting to that elite level. Or the elite guys, the tier threes, there's 23 of them. Um, and that, they got a whole different thing. It's more velocity based. So, great group of guys. Uh, we got 108. It's the biggest team that we've had since we've been here in the offseason. Um, you know, we've got our 12 mid-years, 11 mid-years. They've buttressed that a little bit, so it's been a lot of fun to train. Um, questions? Right, uh, Michael and Jason away had hit, already hit a pretty high standard last time we talked to you. Where have both of those guys developed since then? Well, Jason's coming off of uh, coming off of some shoulder issues, so he was on a separate program. He had a great winter. Really did a nice job working around it, but really wasn't in the kind of uh, position from a training standpoint to we got to Micah. Micah's fully in a Tier 2 now, Tier 3, um, and we kind of backed him down a little bit with 
with uh, you know with the weights that we've been giving him, and he's more velocity based. And when Jason comes back this summer, that's going to be a very interesting uh, resuming that competition because uh, you know Jason Oway got him a little bit. We'll see how Micah responds to it this summer. I think you mentioned 22, 23 tier three guys. Yeah, uh, 23. Among, yeah. among that group, who has really come the longest since they first got here? Or is there a few names there? Um, that, that's. Um, I'm trying to think of my older guys. Right off the bat, let me think of that group. Um, you know, one guy's like Will Fries. Great example. Uh, I don't know if you're all watching. Uh, everybody squatted heavy or leg pressed heavy today. You know, and then the guys that tested, tested. But Will's over there doing 405 for three sets. That's his training week. So he's a guy that came in, you know, running a 5-5, not very strong. He's in his fifth year and just done a tremendous job. You know, building his body up and really getting himself in the position to be an elite player for us at right tackle. What have you learned about those mid-year guys that you mentioned so far? And have any of them surprised you with where they came in? Yeah, so far, they've been a great group. They're, they're very attentive. Um, they're locked in. Um, they're young. Um, they're raw in some ways, mostly physical movement more than the strength and weight training. Uh, but really impressed. Keandre Lambert's been really good. Um, not only was he putting up good numbers, uh, he came in, he was benching 230. He did 280, so he's gone up 45 pounds in seven and a half weeks, which is pretty darn impressive. So I'm really impressed with his movement. You know, very explosive horizontally, vertically. Um, done a really, really nice job. He's been training with uh, with Enzo Jennings, who's also done a nice job as well. Both of them have really adapted well to the weight weight room. Uh, one guy that's that's been really good. Um, he's a joy to work with, and uh, he's just a grinder. Is Nick Dawkins? You know, really, really done a nice job, and he's. Uh, He's a low-key guy, but he just brings it every day, every day. Started out, you know, with, with a lot of work to do, and the improvement he's made in, in seven and a half weeks has been phenomenal. And he's a little bit of the very low-key leader of that group. Um, very mature kid. We're really impressed to, to have him as well. So that's kind of a little bit of the run. They're all, they're all doing a really good job, though. Who are uh, some of the, the top testers in the different categories? Like, who has the... You know, the best squat, you know, the best... Um, we've, had, we've had some good ones. We had some good ones yesterday. Um, Saquon's not going to be real happy, but Antonio Shelton took his all-time record down the bench. He got 465. So I, that was impressive um, to see him do that. And Antonio is strong. He's really done a great job. I'm really impressed with him. Um, Micah. Micah finally got sole possession of the power clean for the linebackers. You know, at 375. Um, went for 385 a couple of times. I thought he had it, so he continues to build on his his vertical explosion weight. And then Des Holmes, another guy that's uh, he took the O line record with 375. You know, he did a really nice job. So those are guys that really uh, stood out in that area. Um, other guys is um, you know Caden Wallace and uh, um, who else did? Fred Hansard both got four on the bench. Journey Brown. At 211 pounds, got 395, and he was kind of broken already. He couldn't get 400, but that's a darn good bench press, almost a double body weight bench press for, for our one of our tailbacks. Um, he did a really good job. Akeem Beeman's another guy. It's a young guy. Uh, it's only really been here for what nine months. Uh, he got 395 as well, so he's going to be a force to be reckoned with as well. Dwight, what has uh, Pat Frymuth been able to do since he got here? And you, Gitsicki was a pretty fantastic yeah. athlete. How does he measure up, and how far has he come since he's gotten here? Yeah, Pat's phenomenal. Um, he's a different, obviously he's a different kind of guy than Mike. Um, he's been phenomenal. He's really come on. He got 380 in the bench. 
uh, yesterday. He's clean 350. He's squatting about 540, I believe, right now. So Pat's uh, – where's Mike? And I love Mike. Mike was a tremendous asset to our program, not only playing but as a, as a leader, as a person. Um, Pat's more of a blue-collar grinder. I mean, he's just in here every day just grinding. Positive attitude, great work ethic, great leadership ability. Um, you know, very into the team, into helping whoever he can. Not that Mike wasn't. But I think that's kind of what, what Pat Roy brings. Very grounded, uh, very good in school. So he's been a really good positive overall, you know, influence on the entire team. And very, very respected. Very respected. So, and he's driven. He's always been driven. He's always wanted to be great. But right now, um, he, he kind of tasted that success last year. And, and he's not... He's not a guy to be content on his loss at all. Going off of Pat's presence, I'm guessing you can kind of see some ascending leaders here in the winter that, that's going to translate on the field. Anybody who's maybe second, third year that they're more vocal or just the way they carry themselves that really stands out? You know, one guy it's in his third year as Castro Fields, he's, he's, he's kind of starting to ascend a little bit. You kind of, kind of see that presence with him. Um, P.J. Mustafer. P.J. Mustafer is a guy that, you know, he's just – He's one of the hardest workers on the team. Um, and really, really done a nice job with presence. But also there's a vocality, but also a presence to him as well. So he's done a really, really nice job. Journey's done a good job. You know, Journey now, um, you know, starting his fourth year. Another guy's a little bit older, but kind of getting his confidence now. Feels really good about it. Really excited about, the, you know, the year coming up. Has been training really, really hard. Um, trying to think of guys other positions. Obviously, we know that, that Jesse and Mike are... You know, they're, they're joined at the hip, and they're, they're always a really strong presence, you know, everywhere we go as well. Um, I'm trying to think of anybody else. The other guy's done pretty well is Jaquan Brisker for a new guy. You know, Juco transfer from Lackawanna. Incredibly hard worker, um, very driven to, to be successful. How about uh, Deza Isaac? He told us at the bowl game how he's kind of put on weight. How has he kind of progressed he's awesome. from there? He's, Adisa's like 257 right now. So he, he looks like a different person. And what Even was he, when he, he got here? He was like 228 when he got yeah. here, so he's gained almost 30 pounds. Mm-hmm. He was a mid-year, so it's been 14 months now, but <clears throat> you don't see that too much. Him and Brenton Strange, the two guys, Brenton's put on like 35 pounds as well at tight end. Um, really miraculous gains for, for you know a long year, you know. And, uh, both of them doing great. We got really high expectations of them in spring ball. Where's Brenton now? Brenton was 246. This today when he weighed in, and yeah, he was like, he was two, two oh seven, two oh eight, something like that. Boy, how important is it for the quarterbacks to have a, a strong program, given the way that they've been used the past couple of years as runners? Sean was used to run a lot. Will was used to run a lot. What are you trying to do with them to get them ready for the rigors um, of the season? It's you know it's kind of ironic to ask that because um, you know we those two guys are phenomenal. I mean, we haven't even mentioned them yet, and they're right at the top of any, any list we talk about. Um, they test, they tested for the last time in their career this week. I'm done testing. They're uh, they're both strong as oxes. You know, Will clean 340 yesterday. Sean bench 350 yesterday. Um, at this point, I've got them exactly where I want them. They're, I think physically as a presence, they do fit that true running back quarterback model that we try that we really try to produce in that position and uh, they're very well prepared so right now I'm not going to back off um, I'm going to do different stuff their program is a pure tier two or threes now but they're going to go to another level I'm not going to say tier four but they're going to go to another level because I want to save their shoulders I mean they're already so strong they're very explosive when they keep their leg strength 
and really focus on speed and movement. And you guys see them running around. I mean, they're both, you know, mid 4-5, low 4-6 guys. So it's great having two guys like that at that position that's, that take the approach and have had the preparation that they have. You talk about guys that have gained a lot of weight, gained a lot of mass quickly. Is there like an acclimatization period where you have to learn how to reuse your body, or is that a part of the training process? Um, not, not really, because that, that used to happen with the linemen a lot. When they come in at 275 and you throw all the weight on them and they're 310 in a year, we just don't do that anymore. I mean, one, we're recruiting. Look at the size of the guys we're recruiting. I mean, this is by far the biggest lines we've ever had here, you know, on offense. Um, but right now, we're bringing them in bigger. But even if we don't, a guy like Efner, you know, we're, you know who's almost recurred now, and he came in at like 268, um, we, we take our time. We don't want to add mass if it's not going to be lean mass. That's one thing that Kayla Martin has done a great job helping us with, is really making sure that we might be a little bit slower in getting that weight on them, but we're going to make sure it's good weight and really don't compromise that movement capability. So they're always really, there's really no transition into it. If anything, as they get stronger and stronger, even though they get heavier, they actually move better. Why you've mentioned? Uh, go ahead, Ben. Is there something you want to get done in the next five years with the strength program, or is it about sustaining the number of guys that you put into that tier three hundred regular? You know, basis? we're we're always we always want to grow. You know, I, we've done some decent things in the past, and, and we like where we are now. But we kind of said every year, every year there's there's really a market change in how we approach it. So, you know, the world we live in with the NFL being such a dominant thing, um, I think we're definitely going to continue to grow. Um, if I can see anything happening, I think this velocity-based, speed-based, and not just speed by linear speed, but speed of movement, whether it's how, how fast you can punch the guy across from you, how fast you can come out of a cut, you know, those, kind of, those are the things that we will probably continue to push even more and find more creative ways to get guys really maximize their potential. I, I kind of see that one area we're going. And then the second thing is this, that we're just learning more about it. And Josh Nelson's done an incredible job here, our, our sports scientist. But giving them this, this heavy workload and being able to get them to recover in a shorter period of time so you can do it again. And we now have these tools, not tools like literally like hammers, but we have these methodologies that we use that we can get them to recover faster. If you can recover faster, then you can train harder the next workout. So I think recovery, regeneration, nutrition, all these things are things that we're really trying to embrace so we can put a better product on the field on Saturday. Because to be honest, the thing we're working on is making sure when Saturday comes, whether it's, whether it's 12 o'clock, 3.30, 7, whatever it is, that they're at their absolute peak for that week. We don't want their peak to be on Tuesday of practice. We want their peak to be right before that game. So that's kind of where we're going is really trying to assimilate the sports science into the strength condition and merge them fully together to be able to maximize the training. Last one, John. Uh, Dwight, uh, Journey Brown is kind of known for his speed. He's you know, beating Saquon now on, yeah. the, on the big board, but you mentioned him twice when, when talking about his, his strength. Uh, can you kind of give us an, a sense of, of just how strong he is pound for pound you know, on this team where he ranks, and how far has he come since, since he was a true freshman into the yeah. strength program? You know, Journey's, you know, obviously he's from up close to Erie, um, didn't have much of a training background. Um, He's been, you know, he's been a little bit like PJ in that he's been very blue collar. Um, you know, when Saquon came in, I mean, after six months, you know, I mean, his bench went up like 70 pounds. I mean, Saquon was just, that's kind of how he was. Journey's more old fashioned. He just been punching the clock every week, every month for now. He's almost three years here. So it's been much more methodical. 
I mean, I think he was benching 295 when he got here. He's at 395 now. And our goal was always 100 pounds. But here we got 100 pounds out of him, and he hadn't even been here three years yet. So um, I think that that, you know, he squats over 500 pounds now. He was not a great squatter before. He didn't have the flexibility or the strength in his legs. So I think that just his patience, um, his, his consistency of just coming in every day and working hard is really starting to pay the dividends for him. And that's a great room. Well, that's a great room. I mean, we're really, really pleased with that room. Not, not only are they all hard workers, they're all very gifted. Um, and they all kind of take that same approach. And that's a little bit of a gift from Saquon. You know, Saquon really kind of, that was the, the culture he tried to provide in that room. And then Miles did a really, really nice job, um, you know, doing it his, his one year where he was kind of the guy. And now Journey's kind of picked up that mantle. And then I, you kind of see Noah Kane and, you know, and Devin Ford and, you know, Kazai Holmes all kind of taken into that same thing. It's a very blue-collar, hard-working, um, no-mess-around type mentality from that room. And that's kind of what you want from the running back. So, Journey's been great, and he's now he's now the leader of the pack in that room. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you all coming in. That is Dwight Gall, Penn State strength and conditioning coach, on how the winter workouts have gone for the Nittany Lions. I went to one of their workouts last week, um, and they are leaner. You can tell they're stronger, and they are quick. They are quick. 108 participants. 23 are now in what Penn State has as Tier 3. Now, that's the top level for Penn State at this uh, at this stage. But that's what they've been able to to do you hear about you know Pat Fryermuth, but you hear about the weight that Brenton Strange has put on. Strange is an excellent prospect. He's now at 246 pounds. Keandre Lambert watched him work out last week, and I watched Enzo Jennings, who's a safety. So you know, there's there's Keandre at wide receiver. Enzo is a is a safety. You can tell that they're they're quick, hard workers. They're lean, uh, very impressive. Antonio Shelton. Looks like he could toss a vehicle over a hedge. I mean, he is big. And Hakeem Beeman, you know, Jason Oway coming off the shoulder, so he's been in a separate program, as Dwight Galt said. Uh, Fred Hansert, it's great to see the, the numbers that he's been putting up at this point. Adiza Isaac, right now at 257, he came in at 228. Heard a lot about Micah Parsons, Tariq Castro-Fields, Jaquan Brisker, and then... I'm going to mention this name to you because this name came up to me over and over again when I was at the workout last week, and that's Hakeem Beeman. He posted a 395-pound bench press. And you know what? They are very high on him as a prospect. Now, let's. Now I watched him practice last, last fall. Really impressed me. So it wasn't a surprise to me that in that four-game window you're allowed to play, that he got in here and there because that tells you that they think he is a he has a chance to be a fabulous defensive tackle prospect, and they're going to need that depth at defensive tackle with P.J. Mustafer, with Antonio Shelton, with Fred Hansard, with Judge Culpepper, and, yeah, Hakeem Beeman. Very important. So that's the winter workout program for Penn State. And that was Dwight Galt, the strength and conditioning coach with the Nittany Lions, where I thought Deej gave out a lot of information. Pro Day will be Tuesday the 17th. 
And then the first day of spring practice will be Wednesday, March 18th. The blue-white game will be in Beaver Stadium starting at 1.30, which you'll hear right here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Tomorrow, Penn State basketball at Northwestern at 4 on beginning at 3.30. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the Beverage Supermarket. Final half hour includes Kim Jones from NFL Network on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Party time, game time, or just fun time. Doesn't matter what time it is, because it's Brewers Outlet time. The Beverage Supermarket has the area's largest beer selection, imports, microbrews, ciders, and domestics. Pick from over 100 ice-cold 12-packs and dozens of 24-ounce singles. Soda, snacks, hot sauces, fresh roasted peanuts. Make it one-stop party shopping, and don't forget the pickle bar. So whatever you're celebrating or just doing it up, Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, Sunbury, wants to see you. And thank you for your years of patronage when it comes to car buying there's the other guy's way and then there's the smc way the other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want the summary motors way lets you take the time you need to browse ask questions and take the test drive and think on it for over 100 years the Mertz family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have the other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade no matter how much they say they will the smc way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle's worth the SMC Way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way? The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Final half hour of the show. Great to have you with us. Brought to you by Brewers Outlet, the best in the business. Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. How about a selection of beer? They've got the best selection of beer anywhere. Right? Imports, domestics, microbrews. Well, some people love wine coolers. Plenty of those. Water, soft drinks, snacks. They roast their peanuts fresh and hot every day. The pickle bar led by the barrels and the dills. I know Buner loves garlic. Indeed, second to none. All at Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street in Sunbury, the beverage supermarket. And we're in the Sunbury Motors studio. Talking about best in the business. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Awesome product lines. Great sales staff. Terrific service department. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Well, I know uh, we're going to talk football here in a moment. No one's going to appreciate the 21-9 and Penn State basketball season any more than Kim Jones, who covered the Nittany Line basketball team uh, a while back. Kim, it's always great to have you with us. It's funny you said that, Stephen. Thank you. I was going to ask you. I have great curiosity about Lamar Stevens. He, the book he wrote I thought was wonderful, and I would love if Penn State 
started that. Like, there uh, there will be other athletes. Now, there will be special athletes because it sounds like Stevens is a pretty special guy, but who can handle that idea? And that could really be something that the athletic department could embrace on a bigger-than-one-time basis, in my opinion. But I'm curious about him. Um, he's the best player on the floor in most games I watch, and I'm, I'm just intrigued about what he's like. Uh, the book uh, tells you what he's like. Okay. Uh, that that's who he is. Yeah. He is. I I'd, I'd say the number one quality of Lamar Stevens, to me, yep. You know, in the four years I've been around, is loyalty. He has been loyal to the program. He's been loyal to the fans. He's been loyal to the community. He's been extremely loyal to his coaching staff. Good. He does not go into any press conference where he doesn't talk about coach. Right. And he talks okay. about him all the time. He's got his back the entire time. And that's what you need out of your star player when you're in this situation. Yes. To have that kind of bond. And your best player also happens to be your best representative. And that's who yep. he is. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, I hope I meet him someday. I don't know how uh, likely that is, but I would like to. He's yeah, great. I, I wish you were actually a little more selfish on the floor, but I'm sh- I'm guessing that's not exactly who he is. And that's not exactly who he is. And in fact, I think they're a little bit better sometimes when you know, when. Well, uh, I'll give you an example. You and I both know that in the game of football, let's take Chase Young for example, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, combine just went through the combine. It didn't work out, but no, I just I Ch- just saw him. Yeah. Yeah. No sacks last three games. Everybody's making a big deal out of that. Right. Okay. So let's rack up um, a DVD. You and I are watching a DVD. Right. How, how much attention is he getting from a chip from a tight end, a chip from a running back, extra help, which now it's freeing up three other guys to make plays? Right. Okay. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, I, yeah, I wish we had handled him that way, to be honest with you, but that's a whole other right. topic. Right. Different topic. We let him Lamar, rush, which, Lamar, not, right. which didn't go well. Right. And Lamar <laughs> yes. Stevens... Again, when Miles Dredd hit the game winner against Rutgers, Lamar didn't yes. touch the ball, and three Rutgers players were around him, which oh, allowed yeah, Dredd well, that to be I open. Yeah, that's a good point. See, yep, see, I, that's, I, I only saw the highlight of that, but yes, yes. See, that's see, that's the when you have a player like that on the floor, or in Chase Young's case, on the field, the attention they get can be a domino that makes somebody else excel. Yes, Fair? totally yeah, agree you, on you that. Know, I yeah, love it, when. They need a bucket, and he looks so physical, and he's able to drive and kind of have his way um, going down the lane because I think that sends a message sometimes. But I understand what you mean. In crunch time, if they're going to devote extra guys to him and someone else comes through, absolutely, that's terrific. Right. I got you. you. Know, see, that, that's how good he is. I mean, yep. that's No, I love that's it. How, I love it. Yep. All right, so you're at the Combine. Obviously, uh, quarterbacks will always be a topic no matter what. What was your primary storyline out of the combine that you love talking about more than any anything else? Yeah, I mean, I just love I love the stories. I love Austin Jackson um, yeah. being a donor for a bone marrow transplant for his sister, and yep. it cost him a little bit. Um, he couldn't lift weights uh, with you know with his, that affected his back at all until I think week four last year for USC. But obviously, it was worth it. And I checked in with him right before. 
he worked out, the O-lineman worked out, and, you know, family was home watching, including his sister, and she's doing well. I mean, I just, I love stories like that. I love the football, too, but I love stories like that. I'm a big fan. I came home a big fan of Kenneth Murray, the Ohio, uh, the um, Oklahoma middle linebacker. Yep. The, Jet, the uh, Giants would do well to get someone like him. They, they won't, and they pick fourth, and they wouldn't pick him there anyway, but uh, he's the kind of leader that I think a lot of teams uh, want and need. Um, you know, I, I the the corner from Ohio State is incredibly impressive, Steve. And Jeff, I don't know if you Jeffrey, saw what he Jeffrey wrote Akuda. for the Players Jeff, Tribune. Yeah, uh, the letter. Yes, the letter to his late mother. You know, I talked yeah. to him about that. He was very um, patient and giving with his time. I actually left there yesterday. The the defensive backs in this draft are a little less defensive backish than some years, and I yeah. say that. Um, and I get along great with defensive backs. I mean, there, there can be – they have a little edge to them. Um, they're usually the, the quirkiest group, to be honest with you. That wasn't really the case this year. They were all, you know, really solid, and they had good workouts and all business and that sort of thing. So some of that defensive back flair – in some cases, wasn't really there with this class. They were very businesslike. And I don't know if Akuda helped to set the tone there. I don't know if it was a little bit of a coincidence. Stephon Diggs' brother is also in the I don't know, you know, when you have a brother in the NFL already, you probably have a little bit of a different take. So Antoine Winfield Jr. Uh, was in the class, and, you know, we all know how well he played. So um, I don't know why but the defensive backs were a little more standard this year and really easy to deal with and that was great too um my takeaway is you know it's almost always the quarterbacks it doesn't help when burrow doesn't throw but certainly jordan love helped himself an awful lot um and it was interesting to see Eason throw because he just has an enormous arm that my hunch yeah. is someone falls in love with yeah i would think so too remember the odd thing is, he had been the starting quarterback at Georgia, yes. and then Jake Fromm took over. Yes, and, so he and they were back to back to in drills, and that did not do Fromm any favors because he does not have a big arm. No, he does not. Uh, yet, I think, and I don't know Jacob Eason at all. I just know what I've seen. Right. But from what I understand about Fromm is, if you put him up on a whiteboard, he can dissect the whole thing. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I get it. I'm not. His arm really was, you know, he he just in 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 that group with with the big guys, and they, a lot of them are big guys. He he wasn't done any favors. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I completely respect his decision to say I'm a quarterback. Look, yeah, I think no everybody one, should go. Just in fairness, you know, because I've heard a couple people knock. You know, people are really questioning him. No one asked him to do any other drills. Right. No one asked him to do any other drills. So the NFL thinks he's a quarterback too. Right. And, and and to him, I give him credit. This is where I've gone my entire life. I want to give it a shot. Go yeah, but for I it. think the media is the only people who asked him to do anything else or if he was going to do anything right, else. Right, exactly. My point you know. is, I think the NFL sees him as a quarterback. He is a tremendous uh, guy in terms of making a first impression. Yes. Um, one of his teammates at... Oklahoma mentioned the idea. He goes to Oklahoma, and given his situation, you know, maybe you don't know what to expect. He talked all about the team, never mentioned an individual accolade or an individual goal, and really won over his team. He was named a captain before he played a down for them. So, you know, he is definitely, he's highly respected. I do think he helped himself um, with those sort of more prototypical quarterback size and everything else in that group, and he looked really good. I think he helped himself. 
Uh, did you get a chance to talk to Burrow? And if you did, how did it yes. come off to you? Uh, well, um, briefly, and that's not uncommon, and most of my conversations on the floor are pretty brief. Um, sure. They almost have to be. But I did want to meet him. I wanted to meet Tua. I met them both. Um, we, I don't, I, I'm not suggesting anything about Burrow when I say this. It is hard to make a better first impression than Tua made. He is incredibly impressive. Um, I think he gets it. Uh, I don't know how the injury has affected him in terms of his manner, if, it's in fa- if it has affected him at all. But I found him to be very, very impressive. And Burrow was very was cool. He was very, he was absolutely fine. No issues with him at all. But I did get to meet him. Yeah. Yeah, I think I told Brad Nessler. I said, "There's what you and me is. I've only watched Joe Burrow warm up when he was at Ohio State. You've actually seen him play." <laughs> so, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's amazing, know. right? It's amazing where you know that the stories and the transfers and everything else. Amazing. Well, for Tua, the, the you know the two areas he had to win. He had to win primarily, primarily the medical. Yep. And then he had to had to win the interview. And it sounds like he's on the verge of he won one. And he's on the verge of winning the other. It sounds like it. I will tell you, the NFL is a little bit confounded by the injury, though, because it's more of a car crash injury than a football injury. So you don't have doctors you know, across the league who can weigh in or really give opinions. They are relying on his sole doctor to disseminate the information and interpret it for them. And I do find that interesting. By all accounts, he's doing very well. But it is different for the NFL uh, because it's not a Liz Frank, it's not an ACL, it's not a labrum. It's, you know, it's an injury that um, is really an impact injury that we don't see in this league. And I understand Bo Jackson and everything, but that's been a long time. So um, that part of it is interesting. But certainly if there was any sort of a setback, I think we would have learned it last week. And it sounds like just the opposite, that he's doing very, very well. Actually, I would take it a step further. I mean, if I'm an NFL team, I want his ankles checked because he's had both of them done. Yeah, that and that's definitely right. Exactly, there is definitely a cumulative effect there, and that part I'm sure of. That part I'm sure it would happen. Yes. Okay, so now let's get get to the wideouts for a moment uh, because there are a lot of them in here. Yeah. So a lot. Uh, the ones that are in here, what what are the ones? Obviously, Rugs ran the four two nine. I think he ran. Uh, I know KJ didn't run. KJ is going to run here on the seventeenth. Yeah, I'm uh, disappointed not to see KJ. He said he has a hamstring. I was disappointed he wasn't part of that group. Um, he and T Higgins weren't part of it, which was disappointing. Yeah. And Yitor didn't run either. No, Yitor didn't run. I didn't know he wasn't going to run. He did not run. Yeah, uh, he'll run here on the seventeenth too. But uh, what are you, what are your thoughts on the on a wide receiver group that between CD Lamb, Rugs, Jerry Judy, T Higgins? They're great. Chase Claypool um, helped himself a great deal. The, he's a bigger receiver from Notre Dame. Um, he had a great day. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had a, had a great day. Someone said to me he's back to his high school form, but I think that, you know, there would be a few questions, if, you know, in my mind if, if that's the case. Um, and obviously he's not – high school form's not going to help you in the NFL, but he had a <laughs> no. decent day in terms of the workout. Right. Um, there are an awful lot of them. And Judy's impressive to talk to. Um, Ruggs is, you know, I don't know about every practice, and even though James has let me watch, you know, a couple, I think two practices over the years when I've been up there to do a story or something. Sure, right. Um, 
I don't, I don't see everything they do and that sort of thing. But at Alabama, they do these really contested drills right off the bat at practice, DBs and wide receivers. And I was mm-hmm. talking to Judy and Ruggs about how much that helps them, and the answer is a great deal. So um, I found that interesting. Oklahoma, obviously, C.D. Lamb. Think about his career, and I'm sure you've talked about this, if you've talked about him at all. He played with Baker, he played with Kyler, and then he played with Jalen. And actually, he said that playing with Baker helped him for Jalen. He didn't mention Kyler, which I thought was interesting, and I wasn't there for that, so I couldn't follow up and ask him the difference there. But I thought that was interesting. But I did talk to Baker about him, about CD, and he just mentioned the idea that as a, as a true freshman in a seven-on-seven drill, he was doing things that just aren't normal. And they well. clearly knew that they had something special in CD Lamb. So it's going to be fun because the receiving um, – the, the available receivers in free agency are not great or plentiful, and yet the draft has everything you would want. So that's going to be fun. You know, it's, it's interesting. You know in a practice, because you know Eli Manning really well, there are certain guys in a practice where you just want to complete it that you trust more than anybody else, and it may not be the star. So Baker Mayfield probably saw this freshman and trusted him a lot in practice because he made yeah. plays for him. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the know? funny thing is all three quarterbacks trusted him. You know what I mean? That yeah, says a exactly. lot about who C.D. Lamb yeah. is. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah. Uh, i got to ask you about Chase Young because that's how we started out. Yep. So what's the, imp- what's the impression you, you get get from him? Obviously, I've only announced games that he's played. I've never talked to him. Very good impression. Both he and Akuda, very, very impressive to me. Um, both of them gave me time un- unbothered, unhurried. Uh, again, I try not to take too much of it on the field, and if I take too much of it, someone's going to see me and I'm going to get yelled at. So I have to <laughs> yeah. pick and choose my spots. But uh, Chase was a little different because he wasn't working out. But both really good, uh, mature. Listen, very confident. You know, Chase thinks he's the best player in this draft. But mm-hmm. I don't have a problem with someone who thinks that and, and has reason to think that. Uh, we could quibble with different, a couple different players probably, but I don't have an issue with him thinking that. So um, I think it's interesting. I, I tell you, you know, the Ohio State side of this is that he's better than either Bosa. If that is true, the Redskins, I truly think, are going to go a long way in helping that defense because they got Montez mm-hmm. Sweat a year ago. They have the yeah. guys up front. Um, they're going to need help in the secondary. But, boy, you're talking about getting after a quarterback. If they're all healthy, they should really be able to do that. And, and I do think that will be the pick in Washington. Uh, do you cover the combine any differently now than you used to? Or is it still really the same to you? Well, being on the floor, I'm the only reporter on the floor. So right, that know, is yeah. truly, I mean, I don't want to sound corny when I say this. I truly look at it as an honor and a responsibility. So um, it's a really special event for me. And the idea that I get to talk to all of these guys, and I call them kids, and I'm trying to call them something other than kids because I don't want to be sound like I'm, I'm flip when I talk about them, but they're young. I mean, they're all so young. Uh, but many of them, I'll tell you a little story. So Trevon... Trayvon, 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 Trayvon Diggs um, is Stefan Diggs' brother. So yeah. I talked to him a little bit about his combine and about, um, and he said he owes his brother 100 push-ups because he dropped a ball. He dropped one <laughs> ball during drills, which is pretty good for a, for a, a defensive back. But he owes his bro- brother 100 push-ups because of it. 
And apparently Stefan can ask for those push-ups anywhere. It can be at a mall, it can be at a restaurant, it can be anywhere, but he's going to get to 100 push-ups at some point. So I'm walking around doing something else, and Trayvon was finished, and he calls me over, and he has Stefan on FaceTime. And his brother's <laughs> so happy, and his brother always gives him critical assessments. All, never, okay. uh, never goes positive because he wants to help him. But in that call, he was so positive with his brother. And the kicker is, 10 years ago, their father died, and he right. asked Stefan to take care of the family. So yeah. the younger brother, four years younger, says he's where he is because of his older brother. So it's really, it's really fun, and I don't take for granted that I'm so lucky to be part of those events because you can tell people about them, but you're, you know, you're never going to replicate that. That, that individual mm-hmm. moment will never happen again. Well, just between you and me, you earned it. So, Thank uh, you. Thank you. Yeah, you earned it. Uh, is, is Brady the domino to free agency? Yes. In your- yes. Brady, we are, the, the clock is ticking, and I have not even, someone else asked me about free agency today, and I, I said, I, you know, I, I answered the best I could, but honestly, the combine just consumes my life. So, you know, a little later this week, I'll start to look at free agency a little bit, but obviously, I know the Brady situation, uh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know about it. That is going to consume our lives, as if it hasn't already, that is going to consume our NFL lives within days. There's no doubt about that. And well, it has a I'm chance gonna... to be, you know, really seismic. I mean, this would be a seismic shift. For some reason, I still think he's going back to New England, but, Steve, that's based on absolutely right. no reporting. Right. That is just right. based on the idea of, to me, that's the only thing that makes sense. You really think he wants to start over? You know, maybe with his buddy Vrabel, maybe it makes sense. But, you know, you're talking about being, what, 43 years old, and conceivably changing what you've done. He can't take his offensive coordinator with him. Nope. So, again, uh, unless it's his buddy Vrabel and they somehow figure out a way to replicate New England there, it's hard for me to imagine him anywhere else. Well, you know it's always fun talking to you. So it's just great to have you back on the show. Thanks so Thanks. much for doing this. Anytime, Steve. Thank you. Thanks. Kim Jones, NFL Network. Best in the business. She is outstanding. We appreciate the time she gave us today, and we appreciate all of you for listening all the time. Don't forget Big Ten Wrestling Championships this weekend at the Rack in Piscataway and the Penn State basketball team at Northwestern tomorrow at 4 on beginning at 3.30. Today's show brought to you by Brewers Outlet, Reagan Street, and Summary, the Beverage Supermarket, here on News Radio 1070 WKOK.